0: The program you are about to listen to contains strong language that is not suitable for children under the age of 18. In the
1: likely event that you are personally offended by the nature of this show, stop listening immediately and kindly fuck off. Uh, And let it begin! (laughs) Is this a show for children? You guys are line crossers. That's what you do. I like anytime you talk about me. I mean, I'm not going to put that in my mouth, but I will rub it on my junk. We're 80s kids. We're from the 80s
2: and the 90s.
3: You know, like I love grilling, but like it's you know, it's a little bit of a pain in the butt unless like you're out there with your buds and it's like a whole thing and you guys drink a beer. Yeah. Like if I just want like some brats and whatever, or like I just want to make a steak, I don't necessarily want to do that and it makes it real easy, dude. It really, really does. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: that's fun. So I get I got paid ten bucks to say that. <laughs> not <a proper> idea. <laughs> Brought to you by mm. air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: welcome to another episode of the brew crew movie review this is uh this is a very special episode well they're all special but this one's even more special today we have in studio a a huge star in my eyes Uh, i absolutely love him alaron kong he is the author of the land series hello
3: hello what's up guys glad to be here
1: oh absolutely i'm so happy to have you here and also joining us is Mr. Bray Wyckoff. How you doing? What's going on? What's shaking? <laughs> we are all just getting together via Zoom because the corona outbreak, uh, it sucks. It's still here. It doesn't ever want to leave, mm-hmm. apparently. And so yeah. it forces us to do these Zoom calls. But the nice thing screw is... Screw you, corona. Yeah, yeah.
0: Screw you, corona. That's a good one. I like that. Screw you, corona. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But the nice thing is, is it gets us a little bit more familiar with this technology. And you're in Georgia, so mm-hmm. that uh, you wouldn't be able to sit down here anyway. What no. what town uh, in Georgia? I'm in Atlanta, man. Oh, nice. Yeah, hell yeah.
0: So uh, the pearl in
1: a bucket of grits. So, <laughs> so. tell me, tell me, and the audience a little bit uh, about you.
3: So starting out with, I'm a physician by training. I'm an internal medicine doc. And I worked in a hospital for about five years after my training finished doing like broken bones, heart attacks, strokes, pneumonia, like all the bread and butter stuff that gets you admitted to the hospital. And while I was doing that, I started writing books, uh, sci-fi fantasy books, The Land, my series, uh, not really thinking that anyone would ever read it, honestly. I mm-hmm. kind of just started like a lark. Uh, and, you know, lo and lo behold, like people really enjoyed the first book and I had a lot more story to tell. So I, was, I wrote six books in about 14 months and you know connected with my fans. And it's in a genre called Lit RPG, which is new in the US, basically combining video games and sci-fi fantasy.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and in addition to making my own books, there was no social media presence before uh, me. So I, like, I started that up and made a platform that other authors could springboard into doing whatever. And Lit RPG has grown and grown and grown. And so now, five years later, I'm a full-time writer. Uh, my eighth book has come out. I'm about to have a ninth one come out in about a month or two. And uh, like, yeah, it's awesome. I'm a nicer person now that I'm not up 24 hours a day.
1: So so, so let me get this straight. That's awesome. Um, you started, your first book came out in 2017, correct? No, 15. 2000, okay, 2015. No, November 2015 is when the first one dropped, yeah. okay and it is 2020 and you are almost finished or finished with the ninth book.
3: Yeah. So the ninth so it's not the ninth one in the series. I had eight come out in the series and then I have a new series dropping called God's Eye in the next month or so. And honestly, I've done most of the legwork on two other novels that'll either drop by the end of the year or like in early
1: 2021. So yeah. you're basically a fucking machine nonstop. Do you, That's what my lady says.
3: Do you sleep? Yeah, man. So, you know, what was crazy is that, like, it it really was like having a second job when I was doing, like, the authoring, um, but it didn't grind me down. It was almost like what made medicine, like, balanced out in my life, because that's, like, so hardcore, so, like, immediate life and death. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever, you know, met doctors. They're not the most chill people. So um, being able to sort of exercise that other part of my mind made it, you know, it evened me out you know, in a really re- real way. But then, yeah, like I just kept writing, writing. I used like when I first started writing, I was like, how could I ever come up with enough words to fill a book? And then I, re- for me, it was like, it was the opposite issue. It's like, man, I've almost filled up another book. Like my seventh book, which was always a plan to sort of like be the end of like the first arc. Right. Um, I mean, like it's it's this thick, it yeah, weighs five
2: pounds,
3: 450,000 words.
1: How many pages was that one? I think it's over six. Oh, uh,
3: I mean, it depends on like you know how many how you space it out and whatever. That's why we usually go by, by word count. But it was forty seven hours of audiobook.
1: Yes, which so, was yeah unbelievably amazing. Yeah, book seven was epic. And and yeah, and it was it was cool
3: because we shut down phenomenal.
1: Audible actually. I know it was
3: so big and so many people
1: yeah. were downloading it
3: that the uh, one of the like senior VPs at Audible called me. And he's like, "Please tell your fans to stop cussing our customer service people out because <laughs> wow. it caused a four-hour shortage on Audible." And people were like, "I paid for this. Where is it?" And yeah,
1: <laughs> there are worse problems that's to have awesome. in, mm-hmm. in your world. It was really cool. And this this new book, the eighth book, "Monsters." That's seven hundred and twenty mm-hmm. pages. So that's yeah, that's a huge that book one too. Is
3: like it's it's one and a half times as big as book one. Um, so it's like my second or my third. Largest book. And even with that, like I was, I had more story to tell. So after my seventh book, it slowed down because I started writing several books at once to sort of honestly, it'd be like, you know, if I'm going to be a full-time writer, I need to try to do various things. Out, and see, yeah. Like, you know, what my strengths are and whatever. Um, and so I wrote two books in two years. So I still average like one a year and monsters was one of them. God's Eye is the other one is coming out is, is the other, you know, it's bigger. There's a lot more story that's going to be coming. Uh, yeah,
1: that's how it works out. So do you see an end in sight for The Land and for Richter? Oh, uh, totally, totally. I will not George R. Martin this. Like, no, <laughs> like, I, I, before
3: I wrote the very first book, I wrote the ending. I think it's like, you know, like the right mix of everything that I would want it to be. Um, so that's like the ending was literally written before the first book was, was published of the whole everything. Now, the surprise was, that before I wrote the first book, I also wrote like five major plot arc turning points, right? Got it. Thinking that like I would get to one of those every two to three books. And honestly, like I'm about a quarter of the way to the first major like, oh my God, this changed everything kind of thing Wow! now. You're a quarter of the
0: way to the first one out of five?
3: Yeah. Like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, because I may end up not doing those just because, of, you know, the reality of how long it takes to write a book. You know, those were like fun, cool things that you can mix up, not necessarily anything that would change the final destination that we're going to be getting to, you know? Yeah. So, yeah.
1: wow. Well, I can't tell you how amazing it is to have taken this ride of your books. Hmm. They are my favorite books, and I just – I tell that. everybody around them. I'm wearing my my Gnome's Rule Mafia no, Mist yeah. Village. So um I I'm I'm just a huge, huge fan. And um and Please speaking of because I, I told you earlier that I haven't actually read any of the books, but I've um listened to every single one on Audible. And yeah. so Nick Padell, I mm-hmm. can't say enough amazing things about him. The yeah. voices that he does, the yeah. characters yeah. he comes up with. I know Richter is yours but <laughs> I know I, I can't <laughs> imagine Richter without Nick Padell's voice so no,
3: totally I'm so lucky to like do work Nick Nick I cause I never really listened to audiobooks honestly um I think it's pretty because I have like undiagnosed ADD or something but I just never really sat down to do it okay but then also I realized that after hearing Nick after auditioning between like 50 and 100 people and hearing a bunch of people read it and then hearing Nick perform it it's two different things. Oh, there's totally. narrators and there's audio performers. Yeah. And there's very few of the second and he's the best in my opinion. I, yeah. like he just makes takes you somewhere. In you know? between
1: waiting for your neck, next, next books to come out. I would listen to books that he did just to hear his voice again.
3: Yeah. He's amazing. He's that. And he's such a humble dude too. I'm like, you know, you really like, I was like, you should come to the dragon con. You should come to comic con. People are going to want to meet you. And he's like, who would want to meet me? No, it doesn't really matter. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy. Um, but, yeah, he's insanely talented. He needs to be, like, the voice of the next Halo remake or, or whatever. Like, he's yeah, just, yeah, he's crazy good. Yeah.
1: Well, I just want to thank you for using him continuously throughout the stories oh, because, yeah. for example, uh, the Dark Tower series, it started off mm-hmm. with, uh, I forget their names of the two um the two narrators but it started off with an older guy and I was like well it's kind of a weird voice but I'll get used to it and, and then the next guy came on and I was like okay so he was like book two to, to five and I really yeah. liked what he did with the characters and then it went back to the first guy and I was like wait no how, how are you gonna do that after I've already gotten no, so used I, I agree to it?
3: like it's just sort of like a dick punch like why would you do that exactly um, <laughs> a lot of people don't know that Nick is actually my second narrator um, because when I was first writing these books, again, didn't really know too much about writing people are like, you should make an audiobook. You should make an audiobook." So like I did these auditions and like, I found someone who was like pretty okay, but like, you know, I was still like at work all the time and doing whatever. And I remember talking to the guy and being like, Hey, all right. So, you know, what's, what's the thought process? You know, like, let me give you like my take, you know, or can we like powwow a couple of times before you do this? And he was like, look, man, give me some money. I'll give you an audiobook. We never have to talk again. Oh, And I was like, not really what I want to do, but at the same time, like, you know, I'm like, I'm up after a 24 hour call. I'm like, ah, fine. Fuck it. Let's let's do this. I, I I don't have the brain power to really get into it. And he, and he recorded the thing and I got accolades from it. People being like, Oh, I really enjoyed your story. And I'm like, well, what did you think of the narration? Like, Oh, it was fine. It was okay. And I'm like, that's not enough for something that I love. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Nick is such a great guy. Like I had him listen to the first one and he's like, "Uh, ah. uh does he know you can use different voices like like, that was like the hardest like way he was gonna come with somebody but yeah like I when I like kind of got more of my feet under I think I recorded the first one when I had three books out and, and you know contacted Nick when I had five um and I was like look I really want this done and but I would really need you to redo the first one and more than that it's really important to me that we have a good working relationship that we discussed this, that you and I create something better than either one of us could do by ourselves. Yeah. He's like, just so you know, I want to have a good relationship. I want to create something better. And it was just like complete difference in professionalism and complete difference in talent. So like when I contacted Nick, he's so popular that he's usually um, booked out like five years in advance. Like wow. right now, I think he's booked out until 2027, honestly.
1: Holy shit. Yeah.
3: Um, and we're personal buddies. So like he leaves a small window like every three to four months in case I have a, a book coming up. Otherwise he's book solid. So I had to wait, I think 10 months. He was like, I'm not free for 10 months. This was like back before he was as prolific as he is now. And I'm like, I'll wait for you. And but I was like, but I want you to record everything I have out. He was like, gun. And so that's why the audiobooks also came out like bam, 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 because they it. were, you know, front loaded at that point. That's... Yeah, but no, Nick will always be the voice of the land. Yeah.
1: You guys, it, it, and it shows, like you just said, like he he didn't elevate as in made it better, but he took your book and collaborated no, I, I would with it. I'd
3: say that he did elevate it. Like he took, he took it somewhere that I couldn't have taken it just by myself. I'm very proud of my writing, but working with somebody that's so amazing, that's such a master of his craft, I think it's at a point higher than I could have just taken it on my own. And it even like takes me to a certain place where now I will hear his voice when I'm writing the characters right. and mm-hmm. it fleshes it out even more. You know, it's like, you can have someone that's a great, you know, it's like the old chasing Amy thing. Like there's the guy that draws the characters and then there's the guy that, you know, inks them and he's like, you know, well, you're a tracer. He's like, I bring it to life. <laughs> um, but you know, it is all, all necessary. Uh, but no, I mean, Nick is, absolutely amazing nick's like, amazing so because i
0: i just saw that he did a, a book eight trailer for you i don't know if you've seen yeah. it it's like a couple minutes yeah, I, long I mean, but it was yeah, I, mean, I
3: asked him to do it yeah we, we did it together but, okay
0: it was hilarious no, he
3: and you know and i asked i was like oh well you know what can i pay you he's like no man i just love your fandom He just did it as a guest wow yeah. He was awesome. yeah yeah he is like he really loves the feedback and the just overall positive energy that like the miss village is what i call my fandom um like brings with it he's like you know it's just a lot of fun so yeah he like does really cool stuff like that we're going to be doing more in the future
1: that's so amazing and besides that like the land is what made him you know in my opinion so recognizable i mean he's always done a phenomenal job with any book he's ever done but i Mm -hmm. mean you gave him the longest book he's ever um said uh or or talked yeah and and i mean that was
3: that was partly intentional too because you know he's the voice of uh, patrick Rothfuss's second book you know um, and as I was writing Book Seven, I remember looking down at the word count. I was like, "Wow, three hundred ninety thousand pages are words." And I remember like, "Hey, I wonder how long other books are." And I saw that Rasmus's book was four hundred five, and I'm like, "Well, I'm beating that bearded bastard." <laughs> I definitely just keep writing. Um, <laughs> so still clocked out at four fifty, and I was like, "So now I'm I'm the biggest." And he was like, "Don't make it weird. Like, Say it. <laughs> like,
1: You're
3: the biggest." And I'm like. Yeah, that's
1: okay. All right. <laughs> Dude, the, the journey you have created uh for this character and and the other ancillary characters that are in this story. Good. I am so attached to all of them. And I just love their personalities. Like you really did create these amazing personalities within each mm-hmm. and every character. And I, 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 I don't know, I just I'm so in love. With this story, and I, you know, I don't ever want it to end, and I'm so excited to uh, for the new audiobook to come out, and that comes out June mm-hmm. 2nd on Audible. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's so the website. Uh, say, I
3: put it up for pre order. I don't normally do that, but like the pre orders have been crushing it. We got into the top 15 of all several million books that Audible sells, and wow, like you know, and that's without any kind of outside advertising. That's just like the fandom like yeah. coming through, which is so humbling. Like I'm the luckiest like author. They're just really, really just cool people, like from literally around the world. You know, like yeah. I've had conversations with like Israeli soldiers and had a conversation with like a, like a Tibetan monk. And I didn't even know they got these fucking computers. But like, <laughs> you know, like, like it was just shock to me. Um, and like, just like people really all around the world that I never would have met. You know, like, I mean, we're doing this now. This is like really, really cool. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I, I, th- I think so. I absolutely love it. So um, I was going to go over each and every one of the books, not like go over them, but just announce them. But that's, you know, that's a lot yeah. of books. Uh, so there's the the Founding was the first one, Forging, mm-hmm. Alliances. Book four was Catacombs, five was Swarm, six was Raiders, seven was Predators, and now the new mm-hmm. one, Monsters. And for someone who has written so many books so quickly, it seemed like monsters took about ten years to come out, <laughs> yeah. but in reality, yeah. it was faster than anyone you know. Most people could ever turn yeah. around a book, but it was. just I was so used to just you know, let's go, let's let's keep reading through these things. Yeah,
3: now, I mean that was for several reasons. One, I was transitioning from medicine, and that was like a big upset to like various parts of my life. Uh, to my fandom, knows that unfortunately there's been some loss and tragedy that I had to sort of just stop. Yeah, and take care of some things. Three, I was trying that new thing, like I said, where I was writing multiple books and mm-hmm. and four, like, you know, I just decided to like live. You know, yeah. like I would just be like writing and then be like, I wanna go for a walk, or I just wanna hang with my girl, or I just wanna like, you know, try to fucking make chocolate chip cookies or grill or whatever. <laughs> and I will say that I feel like I've lived a bunch more in these past two years than I did in the 15 years I devoted to medicine, where I didn't see sunlight,
1: basically. And that's and super important. And then when I
3: was working awesome. um, and writing the books at the same time, like, I also just didn't really have any free time. So I've kind of just been, like, I don't know, becoming, like, a normal human being again, like, listening to cool love music, that. like, checking out indie bands, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so people are like, where is it, you know? And you know, I'm like, dude, it's been a year, you know? Um, be, be cool. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately you know. for
1: you, when you write books this good, um, if it was up to your audience, you would be shackled in a dungeon, You're right? And you wouldn't yeah, be uh, right. Yeah. Right? You'd have the to. The everything.
3: I've had like my my fans, you know, who like my white fans are, like, get back to work. And I'm like, dude, I live in the south. <laughs> you know, look at the contact guys. Yeah, they are like, sorry, my bad, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Okay.
2: <laughs> <Fine.">
1: <laughs> Who is your favorite besides? You can't say Rector. Who is your favorite <laughs> yeah. character or characters um, in in your in your story?
3: It's it's either Roswan or Crom. Like I just love
1: yes. writing
3: for both of them. Like you know Crom, you know he's just like the typical, just like bawdy, Scotsman, just love it, nasty freak guy. Totally, and Ros and Roswan is just inspired by one of the greatest you know characters ever put on television before so ron like, swanson you know, it's ron swanson <laughs> yes. yes
1: i i it's totally swanson got that with his voice and the way he was doing it <laughs> i loved it. sometimes like in the beginning i kind of wanted to bitch slap him every time he was like <laughs> oh, I know, <laughs> like, <it's> yeah <laughs> my teeth. yeah but, but then no, i actually really got funny like when i
3: him. nick and i went back and forth for a solid day this is how good he is when I'm, he was like just sending me like voice samples of the character and i'm like no nah, it's not quite that no it's not quite that and then he just kind of wrote me this scathing email he's like my name is odell not Offerman. We're both in it, <laughs> I'm tired of this shit. And like, but I'm like, you're gonna do it, and he finally did, it, and he just nails it. It's perfect. It's just this
1: like that utter disdain for everything. You know, I mean, it's like it's, it's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. I love when when Richter just scolds him. It's like you created a room in my dungeon. <laughs> for eggs for <laughs> eggs <laughs>
2: <laughs> and going, mmm. yeah so, there's
3: also bacon, bacon. yeah it's <laughs> like you know just the, everything that, that is a man that's what he
1: is yeah so. i love all of the characters um i i just love all of them i'm kind of uh drawn to the supernatural sex twins <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's just you know kind of awesome and hot at the same time
3: yeah the number of people that were like Bothered by it. And I'm like, are you guys watching Game of Thrones? This is like, are you serious? This is throwing you off? You know? Yeah. I'm like, okay, sure, I guess. I don't know. Whatever.
1: It's so cool because it's such an interesting way to to tell a story in, you know, like a typical d fashion. yet yeah. With like a, an interface that's just shown in front of you. So you can like see mm-hmm. things or hear things or pick things or things just automatically come to you. Um, and that's yeah. such a cool way to live. I like playing the gnome character because I really like playing thieves. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, I would just be, like, full thief character. And I have, a, yeah. in d and I have a gnome called Trillius. And he's, like, okay. the greatest thief in the world. And I absolutely love his character. Of um, course he's the greatest yeah. thief in the world. <laughs> and so... <laughs> well, gnomes um, rule. Yeah, exactly. Knows, that that catchphrase. Yeah. I love it. Every time, like, something happens and there's silence, you just hear
0: someone, thumbs yes. roll. That's just, yeah. I, I absolutely love that. So, that's was, so that, was that a brilliant accident, Alaron, that that happened with gnomes? Yeah, no team, yeah. Purposely- I mean, like, I
3: wrote a bunch of different stuff, and that's just the kind of thing that, you know, if there's a common thread throughout the entire genre, I mm-hmm. feel like it's that, it's that phrase. Like, people have used it, you know, they have adopted it. Like, people have named castles after it in their books and whatever and you know there's a few like you know d bags that are trying to say that like you know they didn't get it from me but for the most part everyone's like yeah you know whatever but you know it was just one more funny kind of um phrase that i put into the book that um you know luckily like took a life of its own and is now this kind of just like fun rallying cry that we all have I, what i really want is for it to be put on like the list of like pga like terms you're not allowed to shout I yeah. just want a bunch of fans <laughs> just like at Augusta, just shouting it until we can get it banned. And that's when we know we've,
1: we've made, made it. it. You may. Yeah. 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 yeah that's yeah, it's like,
3: I've got 27 fans that have gotten tattoos of like my artwork, but until I get a tramp stamp, not really <laughs> stamp yet, you know? I'll, I'll give you your first uh, tramp stamp. <laughs> oh, Lord <laughs>
1: Uh, well I live next to Tory Pines and a couple other, you know, great golf courses out here, so I could just always run up to one and scream gnomes rule when just tigers up on there or something. Until we're you know, we're on you know, C SPAN or fucking <laughs> you know,
3: espn ESPN HBO
1: show talking about it. I don't know. That's you know. that's amazing. So okay, um this is a, a, a not necessarily a personal question, but maybe it is a personal question. And I just mm-hmm. kinda want to ask you, because I'm sure that anyone listening to this is going to be a huge fan of yours, so it might be a question that they're thinking about. Um yeah. all of your books got absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. reviews. And the new yeah. one, Monsters, you know, that's not a bad review by any mean. You still are like at four four stars, four out of five stars. But why mm-hmm. do you think that this one is getting a little bit uh, more heat? I don't, I don't know what you would say. A little bit, you know. Yeah.
3: So basically like you said, like all the other ones, they knocked it out of the park. They're either like perfect stars or like, you know, four to five you know stars and this one was lower. So I, I thought long and hard about it and I think that, in my opinion, it's because it was like the Matrix 2 effect. You know? Um, like Matrix 1 was so mind-numbingly awesome. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're like, where's the next one? And we have to wait Five years to see like some people dancing in caves, and we're like, "What? The fuck <laughs> is this shit? Like, are you serious?" I still think it's good. I think it was great because they made Colonel Sanders an evil genius, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. "Masterful." Um, but you know, I, I felt the same way. Now, like, I've I've said this before in an interview, and people are like, "No, I just didn't this and that and da da da." And but I think that most people that like are so you've seen the conversation change because. Like at first people are like, oh, I loved it or oh, I really hated it. Like what the hell, blah, blah, blah. But as time, as like months have gone by, people are like, you know, I read this second time and I really liked it. And, and they're like, what they're realizing is that after seven, which is this like magnum opus Dude, of a book that's yes, just this like,
0: it was crazy, you know,
3: this like, you know, you finally, you know, basically get off in a yeah. bunch of ways so oh yeah there's a bunch of storylines that you've been and everyone likes this part of the life part and seven is just like this like oh my god it's like this like you know kind of thing and then you're like and and then i'm back to like okay so now it's just him
1: in a cave go and people are like <laughs> so it really the is the matrix effect
2: yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no, bro
3: no one's fucking those german twins what is going on and and I, and I didn't really think about that. For me, I was only looking at it like as an artistic thing where it's like seven numerology is a really big part of these books. And then the seventh book is this massive thing. And then eight was I was gonna be like, man, people are really going to be into this. It's a return to the, the basics. basics. The the element. Can he do it again? And they were like, uh, yeah, no, fuck all that where's the stuff that i wanted and i get that now to a certain extent
1: i'm assuming that you know he doesn't die in this book so (laughs) um i was thinking the exact same thing he's literally down in the dark in the abyss beyond you know the center of the earth who the hell knows where he is and all he has is a fucking bone it's like tarzan yeah, with fire hands against unseen yeah. creatures and can he redeem his you know and can, his possession yeah. is, is
3: he just like you know being propped up by his boys or can he really ride or die when it's when it's just him and i thought people would be like really into that and I'm into it what i didn't keep in what i didn't really take into account and because i was surprised by some of the reviews at first and i mean like i'm still happy with it like you know most Indie authors are lucky to get hundred reviews and this one's got nearly 4,000 and it's got like, you know, 2,500 five star reviews. I mean, yeah. like, like it's still like yeah. done really, 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 really well, but just not by like my standards. But I was, what I didn't really think about is that like the, the way you were like, man, I love these characters. I mean, I love this, whatever, man, whatever. Is that like the main character is not what people love the most in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. you know? And they're like, where's the part that I love? You didn't address that. You know, um, and I remember saying something similar when I was reading George R. R. Martin books and I gave up because, you know, there was that those two books that like were both gigantic, but they were just um, the same time period, but he only covered half the characters. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't, I, I just can't with this anymore. I just
1: can't. Yeah.
3: Um, so I'm happy that people like have not given up on it because they didn't see the, the one that they wanted, but I feel like that's why, like, you know, the weight one the comparison to book seven which was gigantic you know and also that like it was just sort of like the main character it's focused more on the story rather than the aspect that people love yeah
1: and 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 I'm super into that and I also I just want to you know say thank you for talking about that question because I know it's probably a question that a lot of people have and and other people would just you know shy away from it or say no I don't want to talk about that because you know it doesn't put me in the best light but you're like fuck it let's dive in and that's Awesome. I mean, this
3: is like, this is real. It's something that like I, I put in, I would not have written the story any differently. Mm-hmm. Um, if I factored this in, maybe I'd put in 50 pages of like, here's your five page. Here's, here's your little, little candy kids. you know, a little, little, here, your little <laughs> back snapshot. in the village. I'll get that Swan star. is eating Eggs, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe, but I would keep the story exactly the same. Cause again, like I've got this, like I'm writing something, when I'm writing, I'm thinking about like, what's happening in like on a real life, you know, timeline in 15 years, in 10 years, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I'd love to see fucking Matt Damon, you know, <laughs> personalized in something in my books and, you know, <laughs> hang out with Scarlett Johansson. we like, yeah, that'd be awesome. But what would be even more awesome is to talk, people to talk about the land the way they talk about, like, you know, Army of Darkness. Like, yo, do you know those awesome things? Like Army oh, yeah. of Darkness, oh, and yeah. Land, and whatever? Like forever fandom, Oh, you know? for sure. Um, Just so phrase, phrase like, you know, after
1: phrase, like Gnome's Rule, that's definitely a phrase that's- is, Oh, like gnomes rule. Like that's a phrase that sticks around forever. Yeah. So like army yeah, right? of darkness and and evil dead, like there's, you can quote so many lines from that.
3: So and many that- awesome things that are just eternal, you know, like it's either you're in the know or you're not. And that's what I want. You know, Absolutely. like I would love to have the success of Harry Potter and Sanderson and, and whatever else, like, you know, that'd be really, really cool. But like, man, I just really love the devotion and connection that I have with my fans and everything like that. And I would rather have that, you know? Yeah. Um, like there's a bunch of things that I could have done that other authors and like, I could have opened up my world. I could have, you know, I've talked to like, you know, big mainstream, like publishers, like, well, we want to do this. And then I'm like, no, I'm just not really that interested. And they're like, Oh, but you don't understand you get this accolade. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, I, I can't eat it and I can't screw it. So like, this, this is where <laughs>
0: authors, this is where authors get screwed up because they deviate from their, what they want to write. Yeah. Yeah, And they go yeah. after what their fans want you to write. And uh, yeah. one of the things that you say on your website is write a story. You want to write a story that I would like to read, meaning you personally, mm-hmm. what you want to read. And when I tell and I train a lot of authors around the world when they're writing their books, like if you're frustrated and you can't find that book that you want to read, then that means you need to go and write that book that you want exactly. to read. And, uh, exactly. and it's not about the fans. We love the fans. We want them to be a part of the story with us, but it's our story. Mm-hmm. And I love the way yeah. you take ownership of it and just and go for it and uh, screw, yeah. screw all those those people that are, that are haters, you know?
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, I have a very simple rule. I'm like, you can say if you do or don't like anything, but like, just don't be like a mega dick about yeah. it. every guy knows when they're being a mega dick every guy knows when they deserve a punch in the face (laughs) right i'm like just don't just be shy of that line
2: yeah Yeah. and we're all good yeah yeah you
3: know and for i would like to say like for the most part like the fandom is like that i mean like we've had to like kick out a bunch of trolls like that's one of the things that like i I feel like the more the older i get the more like old southern i am and it's like at first it's like well we got to really understand where people are coming from and we got to really like you know be and see their point of view and now i'm just like fuck that guy come
0: out it's so much it. more effective
3: and, and efficient and time efficient yeah you don't yeah. have time for that so, guy. so don't have time for it you know but one of the things like, out of here.
1: i think is that continue to write your books right do you make your thing happen and yeah. then later on you know the publicists or whoever else can take it and do what they want because what's going to happen is you know eventually movies catch up to where the author is and there's so much build on the author that you know can they withstand the pressure and so yeah i just i i think that you're doing everything the the right way appreciate that man
3: appreciate it i mean like it's it's been a wild ride it's like it's been like you know pretty much vindicating to this point and like i said like the fandom is awesome you know yeah. like i i there was i don't think i've like out of one out of every thousand messages I get, it's like, Hey, I want every like thousand negative messages. And I didn't know a thousand, but like, like for those people are like, you know, this wasn't like my favorite, but man, I really liked it when I read it again, or man, I really want to see the next part. I can't wait for book nine. There's right. like no one that's like, Hey, I really didn't like this book. Like, you know, whatever. Um, now you get those, but it's really like the criticisms that you get are really kind of like, amusing and comical, you know? Cause like I've had people like come at, um, come at me in like various forums and be like, your books are like so sexist to portray women like that. And then a woman will be like, who the hell are you to tell him what a woman's like? I'm a woman keep writing it. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. you never can tell. Like people are like, how could you portray a such and such person like that? It's like, I don't know. Have you met my friends? Because we're just like that. And we hate people like you yeah. so it's sort of like, you know, why, why stress? And I was
0: reading it. a lot. I was reading not a lot, but I was reading several of the reviews and there's yeah, tons of five-star reviews, four-star reviews. People love it. Yeah. Um, but then the ones that are negative, I, I found them to be more selfish for those that are writing it. They're not yeah, I mean, really constructive a criticism. Warrior. And I can understand sometimes like, Hey, some of the constructive stuff was there was too much of going over the inventory uh, of, of Richter, that kind of thing. But when you're reading a book, skim through it. Um,
3: yeah, you just skim over it. Yeah. Um, and when we do the audio, we intentionally, like, dial that back. And because we dial it back, we get criticisms from people who are like, man, you didn't really explain that item that I wanted as much. And then some other <laughs> people are like, man, I really don't want anything. And it's like, can't yeah, I mean, you can't win. Yeah, you, know? so you just try to find the right balance and you move the hell on. You just go for yeah. it. Yeah.
0: So I want to know um, with Lord Richter, how much of Lord Mm -hmm. Richter is you in this character? I'd say like a a lot of it, a
3: lot of it comes through like it's me um, because when I was writing the story, right, I wanted, I I always like, I love the same epic books that everyone else has read and, and whatever else, but you know, they just never really sound like a normal dude for the most part, right? It's like mm-hmm, yeah. these people that have these like superhuman wills and superhuman whatever's and aren't swayed by whatever. Yeah. And the number I'm, I'm so tired of reading books where there's this guy who's got this like amazing, whatever and women just keep throwing it at him. He's like, "Whoa, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is right. Yeah. And to be like, yeah, yeah. Three of you done. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to write a normal guy. Yeah. Be in that. Like there's this amazing movie. Uh, God, what's it called? Uh, balls of fury. I don't know if you guys yes. have seen it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so it's it's got it's like, you know, about like ping pong and he goes to this like, you know, ancient Chinese island or whatever and the the day before the competition, they're like, So we have these courtesans of pleasure. And he goes, Sex slaves I can't. I mean, could I? I Yeah, he's like, I mean I can't Yeah yeah. I'm like, Yeah, "Yeah, that's the way real life would be. Yeah. so people are gonna go here, so people are gonna go here, but very people are gonna be like no, yeah. Be like, yeah, and there's other people would be like, uh, so do I get like, you know, several all shades? there? <laughs> Is it a shit situation? I mean, like, you just want a normal guy, yeah, you know, in yeah. this thing and, and changing as it happens and maturing as it happens, but like, yeah, normal dudes messed up, normal people make mistakes, normal people do run towards the the thing and trip over their own shoelaces so i mean like that happens yeah so i'm trying to write a story that is like that that i love i love the
0: humanity of richter and what you've you've done with it and just the the fact that he is troubled by the decisions he's made and it and it haunts him and and uh Mm -hmm. i love the the um the writing style of that and just just really going into the psyche of him um and -hmm. then you know at the same time he's like Screw it, and then he just goes and does his thing. Yeah, so he I, just does it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And we live in a weird time, oh. though, right now, because we have people that are so fucking sensitive, and then we have the mm-hmm. other people that are just overly watch like, like your language. <laughs> that are overly <laughs> like, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. And then there's, you know, yeah. it's just, it's so there's a stark difference and, and you don't know who you're dealing with at the time. So there's plenty of people that will probably be offended by, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And then there's lots of people who don't give a shit. So it's just, it's, it's just a weird time right now.
3: You know, it's interesting because I absolutely agree with you, but what I'm thinking is that maybe it's not necessarily a herald of our time so much Is it just a herald of like our society. Cause there's this quote from Isaac Asimov from like 19, like, like crazy early, like 19 teens mm-hmm. or something like that and he's like that there's this cult of ignorance and self-righteousness in America that is a reflection of the wonderful liberties that we you know embrace but by taking it to a certain extent. Yeah. There's this idea that someone's ignorance is as valid as someone else's knowledge or ignorance, right? I mean it's like people are like, "Well, you know, you can't tell me this and da 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 and it's like they, they interviewed that that uh, little girl, um, Greta Thornburg, who's like, you know, yeah. pro-environmental awareness. And they said, well, what's the difference between talking about this in America versus everyone in the rest of the world? She said, well, America is really interesting in that everywhere else in the world doesn't view science as optional. Yes. But here, we're like, nah, not really about <laughs> that old quasars. <laughs> and, you know, in fact, I'm in about I'm about to start this like series of comedic shorts called Wisdom from, Forgotten Wisdom from 2018, where I'm like, did you know that if you get uh, sick people and you put them near healthy people, the healthy people can get sick? (laughs) 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 Like like shit that we argue about now that would not have been a question two years ago. I mean, like, it's it's just kind of insane, you know? But yeah, like everyone's just sort of shouting louder and louder and louder. And, you know, you look at that movie, what is that containment that was supposed to be about a pandemic? And it's exactly the way that it it shook out. It's exactly the way yeah. that it was predicted. It's exactly the way that anytime you look at any documentary, any talk about anything about you know um, society and how people are going to react, like it's it's just like this. It's so crazy that if it was written in like a book three years ago, people would be like, "That's not realistic." Yeah. And yet we are living through this. Like, who would throw a party? Not just saying like I don't care about Corona, but being like, yeah, Corona, let's infect as many as possible so we can move past us. I mean, that's insane. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And yet that's what's happening.
1: So, you know, here's another thing, too, is that, you know, I respect everyone's opinion. It's everyone's right to have their own opinion and be their own individual. But the thing mm-hmm. that everyone and for you yell at me. Yeah. Well, the thing that everyone forgets <laughs> is that, you, you know, why you can allow other people to be themselves. You know, I don't agree with you. But that's OK. We're not going to change everyone's opinions constantly. It's right. like if I have a point, then it's like my job to make you see my way. Why can't I just say, mm-hmm. oh, OK, we see it differently and then just mm-hmm. move on. It's, it's just it's yeah. not like that.
3: No, I totally agree that preaching to people doesn't work. Um, yeah. That's honestly like why I broke certain things the way that I do in the books. Because I don't believe that like shouting at someone on the internet has ever changed anyone's mind no,
2: ever. No, it's just a bunch
3: no. of people shouting and then a bunch of other people that are shouting the same way. Aziz Ansari had this awesome thing that he did with uh, with his audience where he's like, did you guys hear about this craziness with Pizza Hut where the guy got this pizza and all the pepperoni yeah. was like in the shape of a swastika, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like I saw the pictures and that's like, I didn't really like a swastika to me. So, I mean, like, oh, let's just get a poll, like. Clap if you think that that pizza did look like a swatzika. And people, like, some people clap. He was like, Well, clap if you don't. And then some people clap. He's like, You know, what's really amazing is that I just fucking made all of that up. <laughs> like, all of that up. Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> like, And that's the problem. You're the problem because you're so ingrained that a fictional story, you already made up your mind and you're not actually trying to educate yourself.
1: That was, he he made like, s- for
3: those of you that didn't clap, you're not off the hook. 'Cause you're just mad that your phone's in a pouch and you can't check right
1: now. <laughs> it was really like, funny, but shit got real at that time too. He was being funny while yeah. scolding. That's a hard Yeah, task. I mean, but
3: it's just it's so like to just like educate yourself. Like, you know, like like really like look. But, you know, I, I think I think I feel like it's it's fascinating that um, you know, people like will blame technology or talk about technologies like the ill or talk about like you I were mean, you're saying like that we live in a time right now that is so whatever. And it's like, you know, I feel like our memory as human beings is just so short, that we're not seeing the common threads, right? Because if you go thousands of years ago, when we didn't really understand about microbes, and we didn't really understand about, you know, anything, and the idea that, you know, there was something lurking in the woods that's going to kill you that, you know, like, it, it, it made logical sense. We don't have any science to sort of back it up and whatever. And so you had these people, these leaders in various ways that were sculpting the minds of whatever their population was. And you're like, well, it makes sense that they would think that. It makes sense that you think the sun goes around the earth. That's the way it looks, yeah. right? And now we have access to all this <laughs> information. We have access to all this technology and we have it at our fingertips. But because we have so much, it's the same cult of personality and they're we're so inundated with random BS like the the pandemic video that came out, which was had a bunch of people in scrubs, and so you find out that they're chiropractors and <laughs> I mean sports medicine things, and it's just like, you know, like it, we're we're exactly the same now as we were then, and we like to think that like man it was so crazy that they thought that then, yeah, and in a hundred or a thousand years they're gonna look at us and be like man. What the hell is wrong with those
1: people? It never changes. You know, we it as a species changes. are idiots.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're idiots, right? We're all dumb. I, I've been saying that to people. They're like, people are like, when are we going to get a vaccine? And I'm like, we aren't doing shit. We are watching Tiger King. <laughs> One dude is going to come up with us, let us know, and it'll be like, we did it. We didn't do shit <laughs> Yeah. at all.
1: Yeah. And then whoever it so, is is Who is lucky enough that that
3: dude is letting the rest of us know.
1: Yeah, Exactly side thing question though you have done so much with the land your story yeah. as far as the logistics of the book it's insane how detailed you are and you've come up with an entire thing so mm-hmm. are you going to create or have you created a like version a D&D, um of your game the land so-
3: What's cool is that I, my fans, a bunch of them about like six months ago, uh, came up to me with the idea and we're running campaigns now, actually. Oh, wow. Like we've come up with a bunch of stuff. There's a new campaign every week and it's totally free. And it's just like, you know, it's a labor of love by the fandom that just join the land RPG Facebook group. There's like 2000 of them and they're running games
1: every week. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah.
3: So, I mean, like, you know, as far as, like, where it develops, whether it ever gets out of the indie stage or whatever, I mean, as an indie, it's basically just me and my laptop and my assistant who helps me deal with, like, a bunch of stuff. But, like, you know, we don't have – I can't, like, send a memo to marketing to, you know, flesh out whatever. So, it's just one more thing on the heap of I need to get to this one of these days. In the meantime, you know, writing the books and, you know, trying to stay sane and managing the marketing and everything like that. Um, But, like, people are really enjoying it and, like – one of the things that I love and one of the ways that was something that was intentional from the very beginning is that I wanted when I made the social media platform for RPG for it to grow beyond me. Mm-hmm. So like I set like boundaries in place about like, this is the way I best think that it can yes. grow, yeah. but then now it has, and now I've got awesome mods to handle whatever. I mean, the same thing, you know, with the, the group, I make sure that I, you know, manage and keep hold of my IP, but as far as how it grows in an ideal setting it would grow large enough until Wizards of the coast, you know, wanted to acquire it. And then I would put in like half the money has to go to charity. This is what's going on. Make sure you funnel that to the books, you know, just sort of see how it all shakes out.
0: Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. Now I want to try something new. I want to do a little, a uh, little segment uh, called let's get to know Alaron. So we're just going <laughs> to ask you random questions that go beyond your book. Who, who are you, who are you channeling just now? Yeah. That a voice. That's a, <laughs> i don't know that's just my uh uh, matter of fact kind of uh, actually well
0: shoot from the hip what's your favorite color green okay uh how much money is in your wallet Uh, i don't have a wallet nice (laughs) nice what's your favorite swear word uh let's see i'll I'll
3: use the old uh no i can't i'm not will ferrell uh there's this whole thing where you go a whore you go cunt uh, poor hunt. <laughs> no um i you know i'd have to say like my favorite thing is when you reach for it like jabroni because like, i'll cuss someone nice. out and be like be whatever but i'm like you know this fucking jabroni doing whatever it's like man <laughs> it's i'm like satisfying. really looking for that word
1: yeah yeah it, you know? it hits the so,
3: syllables
1: and, and all yeah of those. it's like
3: like you don't really know what it means so you should take it
1: as like a big insult yeah yeah like i'm i'm pissed there yeah okay are you a uh a side sleeper a back sleeper
3: front all the all the room that i can <laughs> yeah front, just front front, you... front heisman like, <laughs> like you, you you get a cuddle and then it's like i'm hot <laughs> yeah. To...
0: yeah come on what's your favorite food yeah hey it's my turn oh sorry what's your favorite food no what's your favorite movie <laughs> and book
3: Oh, that's that's tough. I don't have yeah, this one. I mean it's like when I sent the thing. Um So I Married Nax Murder, funniest movie ever created. <laughs> love it. Uh Meet Black, very dramatic, taught me a bunch about like life and love. Yeah,
1: that's um, good. Dune, one.
3: Um I think it's like absolutely awesome what they were able to do with the tech back then. Yeah, they're um, remaking it.
1: They're remaking it.
3: Yeah, I know, they're remaking it. And like, you know, so I mean like I would say that like one of the things that I think differentiates me from like a lot of like super fans is i'm like cool let's see how they do it and then i'll be like either like be into it or i'll rag on it but i'll never be upset that they made it and right. i'm like we need to be like supporting and being like you know the more sci-fi and cool stuff out there the better mm-hmm. and then like you know we find its own its own level yeah. like people were ragging on picard which i have no idea why because like it was different but it was awesome to see him again yeah i just feel like
0: it'll be hard to replace sting if you
3: didn't like ed sheehan in that episode but let's make fun of it let's not be total tools about it i don't yeah. know,
1: know, know. Last question. Um, I have a a Facebook group called Operation Boredom. I came out when um, this whole Mm -hmm. pandemic kind of hit, and it was just basically anything to talk about that's fun and creative or whatever besides the pandemic. And one of the questions that came out really divided the group in a way that I just couldn't believe. And so I'm going to ask you Mm -hmm. the same question. When you wipe your ass, do you stand or sit after taking a shit?
3: Uh, depends on what comes out right <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to leave little pellets of shame behind them
0: there's <laughs> a shame. real disaster
3: area you know yeah <laughs> what's more important and something that's made someone break up with me is are do you put the toilet paper on is it an over or an under pull oh because uh, i've had someone like told me not to come back if i change it one more time and i
1: i change it are, are you an under or an over <laughs> Uh, I'm an overpuller because oh, I'm not to be. a monster. Exa- if yes. you're under, you're a terrible person.
3: You're a terrible. In fact, I have a picture of the patent of toilet paper from 100 years ago that clearly shows an overpuller. <laughs> you're just a dickhead. Just a stupid dickhead if you were an over underpuller. Like, what the fuck?
1: I'm just going to say Why? you're better off Why? without Why? her. Why? What for? Yeah, you're better off without her. Yeah, Damn, yeah. <laughs> am. She's a monster. That nonsense is not tolerated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think Hilarious. that was a pretty good uh, pretty good interview. All right, then let's move on to the movie. Uh, we don't have to talk about yeah. the movie for an hour. We can talk about it for as long as it feels necessary. Cool. Today, or yesterday, we saw a movie. You have to stay hidden. To so
2: what? This is not a game. Did you go outside? No. You can never lie to me. I'm not lying. Want to know what's in an ice cream truck? Frozen kid bodies. Come inside. Taste any
1: flavor you want.
2: Hi. Right. me. Daddy, are you okay? What happened?
1: So that was a trailer of uh, the movie Freaks that uh, that we all watched and uh Alaron was the one that chose that movie but before we talk oh, it's about it's his fault yes <laughs> but no... <laughs> but before we talk about this movie let's talk about what we're drinking drink 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 drink, drink. Alcohol is good so i thought that there was only one drink uh, to drink for this show considering you're here we're drinking the perfect margarita yeah so i want to know what is in your perfect margarita, and also, you know, how you came up with that little end goodbye phrase, which I love.
3: So, I mean, many have asked. I will not be sharing the the secret as of now. It's going to be a big, Ooh. big, you know, thing that comes out one day. Right. Um, Reveal but it on this show. I came up with it because <laughs> I was drinking margaritas, and I was like, "This is fucking amazing." Yeah.
2: It's <laughs> and just I was like, relaxing. What else
3: is awesome? Peace and love done was just, <laughs> that was it that was the whole deal so you were you were I drunk was, and you just, got hippied out yeah i was just <laughs> drunk at a pool being like man i feel so peaceful and love yeah done and that's how it that's how it all shook out
2: yeah
1: that's awesome well my margarita i just uh i'm using uh your your typical tequila and then i got the kirkland uh, premier margarita mix, and then uh, I always mm. throw tahine in it. Are you a fan of tahine?
3: I will say I, you know it's cool, and I will say that that probably gets the job <laughs> done. It's not the ingredients of the perfect margarita. Oh, I, I but, assume uh, you know, like yeah, there's there's all different types that like you know I like spent like a long time like you know talking to people that distill it, and research it, and oh I wow, it, whatever. I will say that it closes the deal quite often. People are like, oh my god. This is amazing you must be so generous in bed and I'm like I am, I am.
1: <laughs> So, so you're saying that out. depending yeah. on how tasty your margarita is is how tasty in bed you are
3: that that's that's how that's how it shakes out right I mean have you ever been to a club <laughs> where it's like a dancing club you'll get guys that like look like this uh-huh. with like the hottest chicks because they just know how to do all that yeah whatever like yeah that's the grinding you know, groove. sort of ingrained, you know, hunter gatherer protection kind of thing. Like if this is
1: tasty, done. Well your girlfriend is a is a lucky woman. She's she's a lucky,
3: lucky lady. I tell her <laughs> that all the time and then she says
0: <laughs> Well I'm drinking the uh perfect unsweetened orange mimosa non alcoholic sparkling water. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Just as good. Same thing.
1: Yeah, is, is it delicious and tasty? Yeah, it kind of sucks. <laughs> That's what we're drinking. Uh, you tell us what your favorite uh, margarita mix is or how you make your perfect margarita, and uh, we'll be able to tell you that it is nowhere near as good as the magical mix that Aleron Kong makes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when that recipe is revealed, I will, I will post it to the site, and then we can all be uh, in bliss, too. Uh, Maybe it could be a reward once coronavirus is gone. You could reward, we survived, here's the perfect margarita. Here's here's what's going on. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, cool. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about this movie, Freaks. Um, Mm -hmm. It was directed by Zach Lepovsky. Lepovsky? Lepovsky? I'm terrible with pronouncing names. Lepovsky, Lepovsky. And Adam B. Stein. This movie came out... 2018. 2018 you're welcome Mm -hmm. yeah thank you um and it's this total kind of like magical sci-fi yeah kind of movie it stars uh, emil hirsch he's the dad bruce dern is uh is you know he's another character i won't give away who actually he is um and then amanda crew she's from uh, silicon valley as many people will know her from so there's no spoilers in this Oh, actually, yeah, yeah. There's, there's totally spoilers. Okay, so you can say who Bruce Dern is. Oh yeah, Bruce Dern is the grandpa. <laughs> totally right. We yeah. have spoilers <laughs> every time. Crazy,
2: eight
3: foot long nose hair. Yeah. Oh my God, the yeah. nose creepy hair is like. Grandpa. Why wouldn't they
1: trim that?
0: He's super creepy.
3: It was like <laughs>
1: spiders, gray spiders were coming out of his nose.
3: Yeah, he was just, he, was, he wanted to go hard, hardcore. And then they're like, actually, uh, you know, sew-ins that they had to do every day.
1: Oh, oh. Gosh. <laughs> I don't want that job.
0: <laughs> and then backed up by Mr. Snowcone. How creepy of a name can you get with that? Oh, I know. I know.
1: And then Lexi Kolker, uh, who is Chloe, who is the main character of mm-hmm. this movie. So the movie starts off with this girl, you know, the daughter, uh, Chloe and her dad, Emil Hirsch, um, and they're in this house, and he won't let her go outside. She's seven years old. She's seven years old the Mm -hmm. world is out to get them or so we think because we don't see outside the windows are all you know boarded and taped closed and um Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like this post-apocalyptic zombie-ish kind of feel like what the fuck is going outside is it is it that the dad is crazy is there something Mm -hmm. outside or is it you know not there's nothing outside and and it leaves you guessing for quite a while i thought we were watching a coronavirus movie which is, we're all stuck inside. <laughs> Which is something that I really appreciated because I liked yeah. constantly trying to guess what was happening. Yeah. Is this reality? Is it not reality? Um, so yeah. what was it about this movie that made you say, like, let's watch this movie. Let's do a review on this movie.
3: So I love the way it all shook out, right? But I also love the story that's, like, behind it and that it's a total indie flick, right? Unlike basically everything else that comes out, where you've got some, you know, big studio, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the two directors, like Stein Lepowski, they made this movie asking, okay, so if we have zero money, how do we make a movie that's not crap, you yeah. know? So, like, you know, they were able to, like, tried to just make something that, like, had a small enough budget but could draw you in and, you know, sort of make kept you guessing and, you know, just sort of everything like that. And I just felt like it was, like, really, really masterfully well done. Like, I'm a huge huge movie fan. I've seen basically everything that's been put out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Even like most of like the B-side and C-side, you know, flicks that are out there. And not a lot of them are like this well done that like it keeps your interest. You know, there's like a cool catharsis at the end. It's not just like, well, we're going to, you know, fade to black kind of, kind of, kind of BS that, you know, because they just couldn't come up with an idea. Like they did, you know, come up with an idea. They did deliver it at the end. And I thought it was just like, sort of an unknown sci-fi, you know, kind of soon, one day to be classic kind of thing. That's why I wanted to bring it up.
1: I totally agree. And I think that this movie could totally have a sequel and I would watch yeah. it. I'd be happy to watch it.
3: Yeah. I mean, it screams for a sequel, right? Yeah. It does. Yeah. Like, it's going to be
1: awesome. Yeah. So it comes to find out there's this creepy ice cream man. What's his name called? Mr. Snowcone. Mr. Or Mr. Snow Snowcone.
0: or Snow. I don't know. Something Snow Cone or.
1: Is it Mr. Snowcone? Yeah, I think it's Mr. Snowcone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and he just gives off this molestery, like thieving, kidnapping vibe. It's just so mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And our main yeah. character goes out and he's like, why don't you come in the back of my van, little girl? Yeah, what's going on? it'll be fine. And yeah, at, hey. at, at this point, we don't know anything. We don't know what's going on. We just know that the world doesn't look as bad as the dad made it seem. And now there's yeah. this creepy, like, ice cream man just waiting out of her house, now telling her to come in the back of his van. I was like, I hope this movie doesn't take that turn. And you you're know, like, what did Alaron do to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, 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 I can tolerate a lot, but this is not one of, this is like basically the only thing that I just don't like to watch. And, and you're like, it,
3: hey, have you seen this movie, The Crying Game? I really to talk about that.
1: <laughs> but thankfully, crying, it wow. did not take that dark turn. It turns out that yeah. he is her grandpa and he mm-hmm. just wanted to get to know her. And, yeah. um, and, and, and it's interesting because you find out that these characters, well, a lot of the characters have some sort of mutational super power. Yeah. and and this little kid is one of them, and the, the telltale signs is that they bleed from their eyes when they have their their magic or whatever their their powers go. And yeah, she was only born three months ago. Yeah. and she's seven. So we find out mm-hmm. that her dad can stop time like or slow it to a certain or, extent correct or slow within, it. within a sphere yeah so within three months it was seven years for him and yeah that's crazy that's just insane like the amount of power like i could that's understand a powerful gift i could understand yeah. if you like can mess with a little bit of time like in your personal bubble or a certain area but to affect the world that's insane that's that's like one one of the it's most insane. powerful things you could do
3: yeah no it's crazy it also just sort of makes you like wonder man like like, when you have these, like, ultra-powerful gifts. Like, if you're, like, three times as strong as somebody, right? Yeah. They'll, they'll take you down with some tasers and stuff oh, yeah. like that. But when you can shift time to move that fast, it's like, how do, you, how do you lose? How do you, you know, like, kind uh, of be on the, on the small foot? And I love that they kind of addressed it, you know, when the creepy granddad is talking about, like, the story about unicorns. Like, you know, there was this tribe of unicorns, and mm-hmm. people wanted to come and kill them. And then one unicorn could have stopped it. He's like, I want to be friends. So he <laughs> ran away. And You know what happened? No, there's no more fucking unicorn. Yeah. kid. <laughs> it's like so yeah. fucking creepy, but it was a good it's like, story. You know, valid. so it's like the dad is trying to be this pacifist who, you know, is raising his daughter who most likely has the power. And the whole time throughout the seven years, he's like, you're not special. You don't have a power, be normal. And all he wants to do is normalize. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really, really interesting. And also, you know, quite kind of like apropos of like what's going on at, you know, through like through human society, like no matter where you look, there's always something that's some crisis, some great war, some great depression, some whatever. And then there's the people that are like, we got to really engage with and The people are like, dude, I just want to like have my family and, yeah, you know, chill out. Well, and it's, I felt it's, like that was totally real.
1: It's evolution. So, I mean, towards the end of the movie, as the movie evolves and the mom is like, okay, let's go find a place to hide. And the daughter was Mm -hmm. like, no, no. We're not going to hide. And she's like, but they're going to come and get us. And she's like, let them. We know how to stop them. And it was just like this little girl had so much balls.
3: Yeah. And also the fact that, like, you know, the little girl's mentality, right, is in response to how society like created her. Yeah. You know, to a certain extent, you know? So it's like, what would happen if, you know, there was a small segment of the population that was born with not just, like, one power, but, like, random powers? I feel like that's exactly what would happen. We would round them up. Yep. We would do whatever we can to do them, right? You know, and then what would be the results of that? Well, if they were successful in rounding them up, then they would be gone. But if they weren't, the ones that were left would be the angriest, most powerful.
0: This is where I get uh, caught up with the, the rip off of being, like, X-Men kind of storyline so i I was watching this like "Ah," you know once we understood more of the 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 storyline i was like man this is kind of a ripoff just really doing the the x-men thing and then these are super powerful uh gifts that they've got so i'm just like why is he not stopping time and going to and why is he holed up in some stupid little house i mean he could have been anywhere to protect her um that no one would have ever found him and her yeah, uh, to raise her properly and to uh, teach her to be normal. I love the line: "You need to lie to be normal," is what the dad yeah. said to her. It was that was pretty uh, yeah, that's pretty brutal,
3: Pre- brutal. But like also like yeah, absolutely true, right? But no, I was thinking the same thing. It's like okay, so you have got these super powerful, you know, abilities. Like why isn't why why isn't he already the ruler of the world? Why? Because he's just a normal dude mm-hmm. who's just trying to run away.
0: Yeah. yeah, but why do you, you run know, like, away into a place where everyone could see him, though?
3: Well, I mean, I, I imagine he's trying to, like, hide in plain sight. He's like, you know, what yeah. if you were just trying to hide somewhere? Wouldn't you just go to some random suburb? I mean, you wouldn't want to be, like, in a high-rise whatever. you want to be in, like, you know, just that slightly creepy house down the road that every single— you know, community in America has. And, well, he didn't do a good and job
0: of it. Coming back into his house bleeding, he's like, "It's not my blood." <laughs> no,
3: yeah, I'm like, "How did you get shot going to the grocery store, dude?" Like, that's that's one word. I'm like, "What? What happened there?" He was like, it. "You can't buy groceries. Like, they don't have Instacart." Right, yeah. right. <laughs> like that,
0: that. That part. It did didn't go out, into the thing.
1: You know how that 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 one cop girl? She had that little blue light, and she would shine it on their eyes. Ultraviolet. The ultraviolet. Yeah. The ultraviolet yeah. I mean, like maybe all stores had that. You had to like walk in through a thing to get in. Like at and... the
3: Minority po- Report kind exactly. of technology, where they just like who gave knows. You that could be
1: addressed in the second one. That could fill in some of those gaps. But one of the things that I appreciated most about this movie is the very real approach it took about the little girl Chloe and how a child would act with such yeah. magnificent powers like she almost kills her dad multiple times yeah and it's just yeah. she's not doing it because she's a mean horrible person she's just a kid who wants her own way and doesn't understand the re- the, the repercussion of, of what yeah. could happen and i thought that that was terrifying
3: no i think that and, and that's one of the things that like i love the most and that i think about a bunch because it's like you really look at what you know, kids are and like, you know, they're, they're, they're monsters that we keep in check that science was smart enough. Biology is to not make them bigger than us. Can you imagine if like we got smaller as we got older, <laughs> like what children <laughs> would do to us? Yeah. <laughs> that would be horrifying. That's a you good know? book.
1: Um, Write that one.
3: Yeah. It'd be, it would be it would just like live in fear. Like you'd be like, you'd have birth and just run as quick as you could. <laughs> like it'd just be insane. So yeah. Like, it's if you have a child that doesn't really understand, you know, cause and effect, or doesn't understand the social construct at all, doesn't really believe in a right and wrong path. I want it. They hurt me. They deserve to be hurt. Yeah. Like, what would that look like?
1: Yeah. It's very re- reactionary. It's not yeah. moral. It's just, I want it. This is what I'm going to get. It's,
3: it's, but I feel like that's it, it's it's again that was just another like look at like the way society is. I feel like you know, the entire movie is just like a real look at society, because I don't know if you guys watched the show uh, Billions. You guys watch that? No, I haven't seen that one. Which one? So Billions.
0: No, I didn't see that one.
3: So I, re- I recommend watching it. It's really really interesting. But it's about like you know billionaires and like how they interact with society. And one of the latest ones, one of the kids one of the billionaires' kids, is at this like you know ultra prep, you know whatever place. And he knocks out power for the surrounding town because he's trying to mine cryptocurrency. So like, you know, his dad gets a call and the headmaster is like, we're going to kick him out. And, you know, the dad's going back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And afterwards, dad pulls the son out and he's like, you know, I hope you understand the consequences of your actions. And you expect the dad to be like, you knocked out power for a town. You can't just act like this, whatever. He goes, now you don't have to get you out of trouble. I'm gonna have to ruin this good man's life.
2: Mm.
3: And it's just sort of like, you know, when I'm growing up, when I was growing up, I remember being asked, "How would you like it if somebody did that to you?" Mm-hmm. And that was my first experience with empathy. It's like, "Oh, well, I, I, I don't want to get hit by a rock, so I should probably not hit someone with a rock." Yeah. Um. But if you, instead you were taught, "Man, now we have to get a bigger rock."
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: then what then why are we surprised that there's still lack of empathy coming from certain segments well, unless of a
0: society? rock monster attacks you then you can hit it back yeah then then you want to do it <laughs> yeah, then it's easy take yeah. it rock down
1: <laughs> that's awesome the only the only thing i actually had for this that was in in the, the realm of a critique is at the very end the very last shot when the mother just takes her daughter and flies off into the sky there's this Scene where both of the, she's got her daughter in her arm and she's flying victorious and and just like <laughs> one raised eyebrow into the night and I thought that mm-hmm. that scene itself was extremely cheesy, uh, but other than that, I mean, I thought the movie was great. Uh, what do you okay. think about the mom's superpower?
3: Like, so I've been wondering what is what power could you not use underground? I mean, because you could use gravity, yeah. right? Yeah, you could maybe pressure. Is pressure her power? Because when that if she takes off it to
1: underground, it just you know I would think so because kills her immediately when she takes off or lands. Everyone around literally explodes Turns into like mist. Yeah, yeah. they're just like you know? boom. So I, I don't so
3: I mean, like explosions are like that, right? Like you can't use a grenade in underground, you know, area because the if it doesn't break through the wall, all of that you know energy comes back on you. And I was wondering if it was something like that. I don't know. It was interesting.
1: Yeah, it'd be cool to yeah. to go into, but I mean, just landing or taking off near anyone and just watching them turn to blood
0: bags. <laughs> yeah, it's just kinda kinda crazy.
3: I don't know, but I, I thought that was really interesting when looking at the fact that like, you know, so she's the precursor. Yeah. And then the second generation doesn't have any kind of physical ability at all, right, to manipulate, but is infinitely more powerful because she can just control everyone else.
1: Right. Yeah, it's more of like the Gene Gray or kind of version you know yeah. it's all you know or or professor yeah. x like professor we're x, yeah. you know telekinesis style yeah so i don't know i mean
3: like a telepath obviously i mean you know it depends on how strong they are but a telepath should be stronger than someone with telekinesis because you can control the person with telekinesis got it uh, now i mean if the person with telekinesis can you know thanos thanos it and move a moon well then that's you know slightly
0: different. but the fact but. is that she could also t- like be there physically uh yeah in a a different location she was touching and like she takes over there's tactile sensations
3: she's like you know powerful like it's insane and that's as a child you know what if like it gets to a certain point where she not only has that remote viewing remote control but also like just remote knowledge Mm -hmm. you know what if she can like influence you and you don't even know you know i mean that that would be insane
1: talk about yeah. a silent killer you no one would ever know there's no camera that could detect her and she'd be yeah. millions of miles away it's just it's yeah. crazy or just change things like what if like you
3: know she's like pepsi sucks and everyone just starts drinking coke or something like that i'm like <laughs> you know you don't, even, something subtle. Like, you don't even know mass you know like what if she can infect you you know just a small <laughs> little idea that you, yeah. changes everything but she does it on a global scale that's that hilarious is
0: yeah
1: that's 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 funny. It's like, oh, they're, they're going to weaponize you. What are they going to do with you? Well, actually, Coca Cola bought me, and now it's the only yeah. soda that people drink. Yeah, <laughs> now that's
3: what it tastes uh, hey, great.
1: <laughs> like they just rookie Bobby the fuck out of it. It's like I just want to say thank you to this Mountain Dew. <laughs> people <laughs> cry when they drink it. They're like, <laughs> I love it.
3: Nourishing.
0: I mean, how are they going to do? How are they going to do a sequel on that? I mean, to be honest, like it just seems like it's not going to be worth it. I think I'd be bored well, I mean, just because
3: super You know, powerful. you talked about the X-Men things all the time. What did they do? They weaponized other mutants against, you know, the mutants.
2: Yeah, that's you know? true.
3: Or, I mean, or mean, the, I mean the, 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 the the response to Chloe's godlike tele- tele- telepathy, right? Machines. Mm. Can't mind control the machine.
0: Oh, so we got Terminator versus X-Men. Nice. Or the same. I Seminals. mean, you know,
3: I love <laughs> mashups like that. Like Alien versus Predator. I yeah, want more of those, I man. I like love that. that stuff. Yeah. You know, I love seeing... You know what is it? Uh, Pacific Rim. You know, yeah, monsters oh, yeah. versus aliens. Yeah. awesome. That was fun. I just want, I just want that all the time, nonstop. Exactly.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I actually really, I didn't see the sequel, but I really did enjoy uh, Pacific Rim. I thought that was a really fun movie. Just those huge yeah. robots versus. It was. It was really entertaining. Yeah. So we could kind of wrap up this this. Uh, talk about the movie uh, but what we like to do here at the Brew Crew is we give it a, a star system one through five of what we thought the movie rating was and we tell why we think it deserves this rating and but it mm-hmm. is a Brew Stars so I will give it you know a B or C Brew okay. Stars so mm-hmm. um, let's let's hear how many Brew Stars do you give this movie and why
3: I give it a 4.5 four out, out of 5 I really do I feel like they did so much with so little you know and it made a story that made me think a bunch made me excited was fun and interesting and i'd yeah i'd say like the only thing that i feel like didn't i feel like it was the, it was the precursor of a story
1: mm-hmm. rather
3: than the story itself you yeah, know okay and i want to see more story
1: nice what
0: about you, uh, Bray? What's, uh, what's your thoughts? Uh, Mr. Wyckoff gives it <laughs> three brews out of five. And I think mainly because I, I, I didn't like that knockoff feel of the X-Men. and But I loved the first half of it. And I did like to appreciate the storytelling. There was yeah. a couple aspects that I really appreciated. The fact that Chloe was fighting to be special. And her dad kept telling her, you're not special. And he was trying to protect her. And at the very end, it was very poignant that he, that he uh, before he died, said, you are very special. And I think that really connected with me, with the father-daughter connection, yeah. um, just passing it on. Just breaking through, like, hey, you, you are special, and, and I was wrong. Um, so yeah. the storytelling, I thought they did a really good job um, with what they had, like you said, the budget. And, and I thought they, they pulled it off very well. So in that regards, I can give it four brews, but overall, I'd give it three. You want to split the middle? All right, three point five. <laughs> I'm
1: right, good. Um, I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna give this a, a four and a quarter, so four point two five. Um, I wasn't sure. I didn't know what I was expecting because I didn't see a preview. And I actually like seeing movies that way, not seeing a preview, mm-hmm. so that way I could just relax. And and my favorite part about a movie or a book is that it's something that takes you away. Yeah. The mm-hmm. world sucks in so many different ways, and and it beats down on you in so many different ways. And to just be able to shut that off for a moment and and enjoy mm-hmm. something that takes you away—that to me is like magic, essentially. And so, yeah. this movie did that, and and I really, you know, I just got taken up. I thought the characters were done well. I thought the acting was was phenomenal for Lexi Colker. Yeah, like, she, she did, did a really good job. Such a good job acting. Yeah. And I thought I loved the way it kept me guessing and I loved that there was, you know, some sort of supernatural twist to the movie because I just I love that Mm -hmm. genre. So I thought this movie was very well done. I would watch it again. I would definitely recommend it to other people. Um, I thought Mm -hmm. Freaks was uh, was a a pretty damn good movie and a great suggestion because I I never even heard of it. So,
0: yeah, it was good right on one right. of my favorite right on, parts right i love the the there was a little take have you ever seen Firestarter back in the 80s uh yeah. king's movie that I little girl say that, yeah and uh, and there's that scene where she's getting pissed off and i and all they needed to do was fan her hair to start flowing because i thought she was going to start launching meteor missiles at people
1: <laughs> when i was watching i did say that i was like oh shit is this about to get fire started yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: That's no, awesome. man. it was good. Like,
3: yeah, they—I mean—they talked about it like in interviews. They're like, "Man, we were so lucky that we were able to find this little girl." And then the other consideration, they're like, "Man, are we messing her up for life?" <laughs> so <Someone's laughs> they her, and they'd be like, Mr. "Are Snow you okay?" Cone, yeah. oh, I'm fine. <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, thank
1: God! I don't want you to murder me in ten years." That's amazing. So we did an interview and we did a movie oh. review, which is wow. to me first time first time and the yeah, best thing ever job. i i totally enjoyed it and i'd love to have right you on. back Thanks on and me. review more movies or talk more yeah, about man, your totally. books because this was just yeah fantastic an absolute honor having you on the show yeah, i can't you tell alone. you no, no. how much i appreciate it you. i really do so if people really, really. are listening to this and they have no idea mm-hmm. how to get a hold of you or they're interested in your books and the stories that you've you've wrote it's lit yeah. rpg that's litrpg.com, com. correct is, that's me. That's yeah. your website?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's the website. It's good. Like, right now, it's Squarespace. We're going to be updating it. But, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a fun things, uh, let's see. Um, they're Wall Street Journal bestsellers. They have over 100,000 five-star reviews. They're Audible's customer favorite of the year. Um, people really enjoy it. hope you give it a shot.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's the, the land. The land chaos the land. seed. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was another question. So, it's the land... And then it has the title of that particular book. And then it says Chaos Seed, book one, book two, book three. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. what is that? I don't know. I don't ever know what to call that.
3: So, I mean, like the overall like idea is the land. Um, so that's the, that's the name of the world. Got it. Right. And then the storyline that we're following in the land is Chaos Seed. So if I, if I write another storyline in there, then it will be like maybe like the land, you know, you know blah, 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 blah
1: got it yeah okay well yeah. this has been this has been absolutely a blast i loved having you on here yeah. um thank you so I, much I i'll let you know when we post this up and um, oh. and and it'll be good so thank you everyone cool. for listening to this episode of the brew crew movie review we are glad that you are here um listen to us on any streaming device you could follow us on our facebook page uh, or group um, and that's brew crew movie review on facebook um, like subscribe follow uh, we have a patreon account if you want it's only five dollars a month and you could help keep the lights on in this little studio that we <laughs> have here um, we thank you so much for listening and uh and, and, and just a, a huge thank you for alron for being on the show thank so you, uh, fun, Al. at the end i like to do a three two one countdown and we all together in unison say that's a wrap so let's do that three two one That's That's, that's a wrap hey guys thanks for listening to this episode of the brew crew movie review don't forget to like follow and subscribe and leave some comments down below because if we really love those comments we're gonna read them on the show and we will see you again next week for another brew crew movie review cheers
0: God, you came by see you next time find us on patreon to support the show